1: Here is a question that seems to have everyone perplexed. Are wages or corporate profits to blame for stubborn inflation right now? Central banks around the world have been raising interest rates over the past year in the hope of bringing inflation down. But where does that inflation come from in the first place? Who's to blame? I'm Aaron Young. Let's get started. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. I don't need to tell you this, but rising inflation hurts everyone in the economy. But lower income workers seem to be the most exposed from what we can see from the data. It's only natural that they would want wage increases to keep at pace with inflation so they don't really feel the squeeze. Income isn't going backwards in real terms. At the moment, it seems like it is. Labor unions and workers around the world have been demanding just this. But could these demands actually be shooting themselves in the foot and making things much worse for everyone as well? Some economists have been warning of what's known as wage price spiral and inflation there as well. That's the theory as workers and wages increase that fuels demand back into the economy and keeps the pain lasting longer. It's an issue felt right around the world. Have a look.
0: Well, uh, inflation is uh, high and it has been markedly higher than we projected uh, in March. At the same time, uh, wage growth uh, is set to be uh, considerably higher than last year, and the Kroon has weakened uh, considerably. That will push up inflation going forward, uh, and uh, we therefore uh, need a higher interest rate to curb inflation.
1: And on and on it goes, and then people need to be paid more to deal with those higher interest rates. Inflation in the UK hit 6.5% in May, the highest point since 1991. And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So will the Bank of England be very keen to tackle inflation? And they're obviously concerned about wage price spiral, which is getting in the way. Others argue, though, that corporate profits are actually to blame for the situation as well. So who wins out to discuss this? Let's bring in Will Banks, Executive Director of Shillings Capital. Will, great to have you here. Can you just explain the problem in the first place?
0: Yes, yeah, so the problem we've got at the moment is we've got rising interest rates, um, which is obviously a tool that's used by the RBA to curb inflation. But at the same time, what it's meaning is that um, the person on the street, their purchasing power is reduced, and therefore what they're saying is we need more money to survive. Uh, and therefore, the, the the circle the circle goes around and round. So it places the RBA in a difficult situation and the federal government in the situation with regards to how do they deal with reducing inflation and at the same time trying to maintain a minimum level of of standard of living for those that
1: are, are probably at the other end of the income scale. And we'll talk about corporate profits in a minute, but let's be clear. This is an issue that is happening everywhere in all Western countries at the moment, right?
0: 100%. Um, what is interesting, though, is that the um, uh, the IMF has actually uh, noted that Australia is probably the second worst affected at the moment with regards to uh, inflation pressures in the housing market. So this is a concern. Um, there has been inflation rising across the developed world. If you look at the UK, Eurozone, US. Uh, but what I would say is that where it seems that those jurisdictions seem to see or are seeing a reduction in in inflation, Australia is not. It's continuing to increase, uh, and that is obviously a, a big concern.
1: Why do you think that is? Why is Australia different? I mean, housing seems to be a national sport. It's something that everyone talks about and worries about. And if it dips even a little bit, it's a national crisis, but it just keeps seeming to boom. Is it because of the amount of money from JobKeeper support that was pumped into the economy during COVID? Is that the reason that Australia is in a different situation to other countries? I mean, everyone seemed to have money pumped in.
0: Yeah. I mean, Australia is in a very unique situation. Um, and I say that for for a couple of reasons. The first reason is you know, Australia's economy has been incredibly robust over the last what three decades. Whereas you look at I'm from the UK, as so you can probably hear, uh, you know I've been brought up with recession, boom, bust, boom, bust. And it's one of those things. The cyclical cycle is something that is quite normal, and it's a price corrector. Um, in Australia, I would say that the economy, even the decision makers, are may not necessarily that used to dealing in this. Um, economic circumstances um i also feel that where it's just accepted in other jurisdictions in australia it's it's considered as a, a bit of an embarrassment i think it's seen as being negative and it's not necessarily i don't think it is i think i think w- there are opportunities in a boom and a bust and you need price corrections and um so i think that australia is really going to chartered territory that it's untitled territory which is just not used to and i think that's where some of the concern and some of the um scratching as in where it is this going to lead to um, yeah it's a re- it's a really I good point kind of i mean you all- talk
1: about the demand side but then we have the supply side as well where it's been really hard for many businesses to be able to get staff particularly low income earning staff and there doesn't seem to have been because of that pause Australia, like most island states during uh, COVID, locked themselves off, right? They said no more workers can come here. And then as things started to open up, many of the local workers went, that's it, I'm out of here, I'm heading overseas. It feels like everyone is in Europe having a holiday at the moment with no intention of ever working again from what we can tell. That's having a massive, I think you and I are the only people in Australia working, Uh, but uh, that's having a massive impact on the economy um, and the ability to try and keep those wages down as well. Because what we talk about a wage price spiral businesses don't have any choice they need to operate or they go bust and they're essentially having to pay high prices to keep staff right
0: um yes and no um so i would say a couple of things on that the first one is I, i attended several economic events over the last 24 months it's been very upbeat everything's fantastic the house prices continue to buy continue to borrow, everything's amazing. Australians have got more money in their pockets than they've ever had. Uh, and I think it's actually uh, uh, put people into a false sense of security. There are reasons for that. Um, and it's because, as you say, you know, it's because the government's been pumping um, uh, money into, into the economy and it's because people have been locked in. They've got nowhere else to spend it. So that's gonna have an impact on the economy. With regard to the business that you mentioned, um, if you look at last February, February this year, Uh, and you look at the GDP for businesses, they'd actually increased, collectively had increased their total uh, prices collectively by $160 billion above taxes, labor, and all the other costs uh, that was in February. Why do you think that is? I mean, still going why, up. But
1: why, do you, why do you think that is? I mean, we I speak to a lot of businesses and they say, one, you know, from an aviation standpoint, they've got to make up for the huge losses that they felt during COVID. They've got investors that have to be paid back. They're dealing with things like higher oil prices as well. You talk about businesses making more money, but is that because their costs are going up as well? They have to push them or do you think that they're trying to essentially squeeze a consumer? Both.
0: So first of all, they need to second of all but they they're doing it at a level that is it is not le- it doesn't need to be at that level i would say so they're doing it because they can so for example if you look at the if you look at the banking sector which is kind of where i come from um, if you look at the the last 18 months the banks collectively have had, a, had a, have had a high of about 30 billion dollars in profits i mean the first half of, of this year cba uh as recorded just on its own 5. Uh, $1, five billion billion uh, worth of profit, which I mean, it's a 9% increase year on year. So they don't. To the fact that they're making these levels of profit, absolutely, they're increasing the interest rates because they have to increase it because the cost of borrowing is increasing. But actually, there is a lag between them lending and them uh, paying out on deposits. And that leg, leg is essentially driving their massive uh, net interest rate margin which just seems to be increasing on a daily basis.
1: My understand there we need to see the banks strong. For example, people's superannuation funds quite often have shares in the banks.
0: Yep. but the question is, is they're making so much money they're not paying all of this out in dividend. They're actually doing share buybacks. That's the amount of money they're making at the moment. So this is not necessarily all being poured into the self uh, into the pension funds and uh, and and. Uh, uh, you know other shareholders they're actually engaging in a program of, of, of buyback which is fine but it shows the level of money that they uh, of profit that they're actually making
1: we're joined by will banks we're talking about some of the issues facing the economy when we come back we're going to talk about mortgages and the pain that is being felt there i'm aaron young do stay with us